everything that was submitted was so beautiful. I just think in the long game of more brands producing films, which is what we all want, I think in some cases we have to create something that is going to, that truly will move business. And I hated getting that question my entire career is like, well, how are you measuring this? And is it successful? And I, that's gross. We hate even talking about ROI anywhere near the art of our films. But in order to do more of it, we're going to have to do work that's really, really effective. So I just want to see work that it is um, engaging audiences in creative and unique ways because of the format. Instead of creating the ad that interrupts the show you want to be watching, create the show that people want to be watching. Greetings, and welcome to Content That Moves, the podcast from brand storytelling and credo nonfiction, where it's my distinct pleasure to interview the brightest minds in branded content creation who are out there telling the stories that make you actually feel something on behalf of brands. I'm your host, Jesse Raisler, the founder of Credo Nonfiction, where we partner with brands to find and tell stories that reveal brand purpose and deepen brand meaning in a way that traditional advertising just doesn't. This podcast is co-produced by Brand Storytelling, bringing you the latest news, trends, and insights in branded content with top of industry events and in-depth industry coverage online. Brand Storytelling encourages a higher level of collaboration amongst advertisers, agencies, media partners, and creators in pursuit of a richer media environment. For more of the latest in the world of branded content or to explore event offerings, visit brandstorytelling.tv today. My guest today is Amanda Brinkman, the creator of one of the most beloved brand-funded television series of all time, and I believe the only Emmy-nominated one, Small Business Revolution. Amanda created that show as Chief Brand and Communications Officer at Deluxe. However, she recently launched her own venture, Sunshine Studios, where she helps brands tell stories that reveal brand purpose. She's also a very sought-after keynote speaker and consultant that helps brands do well by doing good. Our conversation today focuses on what Amanda has taken away by reviewing the very best in brand film, all of the submissions for the 2023 Brand Storytelling Theater that took place at Sundance Film Festival in January. Settle in for the state of brand film with the wonderful Amanda Brinkman. Amanda, I'm so delighted you're here, and I get to say something I've never said to any other content that moves guest. Welcome back. Oh, I love that. That's great. Great to be back. You're our first return guest. Um, it was, I think, 2019. You were one of our very first guests when, I think you were in, like, season four of Small Business Revolution, and it was so amazing to talk about that show, and I'd been following what you've been doing for a long time, and um, what a wonderful show, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I think we, I want to get more into, like, as someone who reviewed all of the films that were submitted to this brand storytelling showcase at Sundance, what the state of brand film looks like these days. But um, before we do that, I'd love to go rewind back and just hear about your journey because it's incredible. And I feel like years and years before this conference existed, you were working on some of the first brand films maybe ever made with BMW. So like, yeah, take us through your whole history. Yeah, we were just talking about that last night, actually. So um, yeah, I started my career on the ad agency side. So I worked at um, Campbell Bethune and then at, at Fallon. And when I was at Fallon, I, I had the incredible opportunity to work on the BMW films, which, you know, even 20 years later, we just had the 20th anniversary last year. Oh my God. And we had a big party and brought everyone back together. And it was so fun to celebrate that. But yeah. we really, I, at the time, I didn't realize what a blessing it was to start my career 
working on a project that really kind of stood up that marketing pillar of branded entertainment. And yeah. we were kind of just musing last night, like, has anyone ever like kind of achieved the same thing? Like, has it been matched, you know, 20 mm -hmm. years later? I mean, I think we're seeing a lot more branded entertainment. That's the whole point of, of this entire conference. But um, it was really an honor to work on something like that at the very beginning of my career. So I just kind of grew up in my career expecting that brands could <laughs> create really high quality award-winning film yeah. that happened to be, you know, produced by and paid for by a brand. Yeah. So I love that that was kind of an assumption that just kind of under was underlying in my whole career. And then yeah. um, I moved to the corporate world and was really excited to be on the brand side where you're making more decisions about a brand experience than just maybe the ad campaign that you're charged with right. on the agency side. Right. Um, so I worked at United Health Group and Allianz um, and General Mills. And then most recently, I was the chief brand officer at a company called Deluxe which is a 109-year-old company that invented the checkbook but was trying to reach more small businesses. And so developed a show for them that really helped them reach small businesses with those new products and services they were starting to do. Tell me more about that show for those that, that don't know. Small Business Revolution and on Hulu and Sixth Season. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, it might be the first brand-funded show on a major platform to be nominated for a daytime Emmy. Congratulations. Thank you so that, much. Way, yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it was actually nominated for two years in a row, two seasons oh, in a row, which was amazing. really yeah. Um, yeah. rewarding. Um, yes, yeah. So, okay, so Deluxe was trying to reach small businesses, and we historically did not spend a lot in the brand awareness space at all. So I was already taking a really small kind of paid media budget. And the the vision was to redirect it towards really rich, long-form content in order to organically reach more people. You know, if we created really beautiful film, could, would people share that on our behalf? Would we get earned media around it and then actually stretch our spend mm -hmm. and reach more people than we could, than we knew we would when you used traditional paid media metrics? Mm -hmm. um, and so in our first year, we told 100 stories of small businesses um, all through short docs and, and photo essays. And that was really about kind of lifting up small businesses and creating this movement around how important it is to support them. And then it evolved into an unscripted reality show on Hulu, um, as you mentioned. And so it was six seasons. It was essentially a small business makeover show um, where we took that storytelling a step further. So instead of just sharing the story of the small business, we actually um, went into their business and helped them with things like their marketing and their finances. But it was all with heart. You know, we were there to truly walk alongside them and to celebrate who they were and their passion and just support them with the resources and the skills that sometimes don't always come naturally to entrepreneurs. Um, so, yeah, we, we loved it. Each season would take place in a different small town and we would revitalize the entire community's main street through its small businesses. There's a whole nomination phase and everything where we got people to vote for their favorite town. And it was really exciting. And then for our final season, season six, we actually brought the Small Business Revolution home to Minneapolis and St. Paul. And instead of featuring one main street, we featured six different neighborhoods across the Twin Cities that have perhaps been underestimated in the past. And we featured all Black-owned businesses. And we were really proud of how that work was um, really guided by a lot of community listening. And it was in community. And it was I could talk all about season six for 30 minutes. But anyway, that's that's how we ended the season or the end of the series, which I think was a really kind of, you always want to end on a high note. So. Oh, absolutely. And what higher note than daytime Nemi Amination too. <laughs> I mean, but no, I mean, I like, look, as a, as a nonfiction storyteller, I don't really watch reality TV. It's often formulaic and I just 
I don't know, it gives me, a lot of it gives me an icky feeling, but I loved your show, not only because like, there's a great David and Goliath story with these, you know, small independently owned businesses, you know, versus the chains, like main streets all over have been disappearing and I love going in and supporting, you know, small independently owned shops. So I loved it for that reason. But also, like you said, there was so much heart and it didn't feel like the reality TV I don't like. It was just beautiful and the way, the way you brought stories out of all of these, you know, small business owners, like it's just, it was so heartfelt and I, I hadn't felt that way about other, you know, similarly like formatted shows, so. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, that means a lot coming from you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, great, I, I wanna talk about, um, you had this amazing responsibility um, to review the submissions for what we're, what we're here for, so, um, brand Storytelling puts out a call for films um, that are funded by brands and they get a ton of submissions and you get to watch a lot of them and say, I think we should screen this one and maybe not these others. So like based on watching all these films, like what were the common themes that emerged for like what was happening? Yeah. It, it, you know, in 2022 in brand filmmaking, what's, what's going on? I think overall it was just exciting to see how many nominations and the quality across the, across the slate, because I think as you know, one of the most fun parts about being here at this conference is we're all with like-minded people, you know, and we'd spend so much of our careers convincing those around us to invest in branded film. And yeah. here we just get to be, you know, in community with others who, who truly believe in the power of, of branded film. So that's already really exciting. And then it's exciting to see so much more work in this space. I think the big thing that the lens that I really used, and I think every judge probably brought their own perspective and, and you know, obviously point of view to it. But I'm really passionate about when brands can actively play a role within the story. Um, for me, I think that was one of the pieces of magic that we figured out in, for yeah. example, in the Small Business yeah. Revolution is to actually play the character, but a very natural one. Yeah we saw a lot of work that was beautiful and it would move hearts and minds and it was about something that mattered but it was just paid for by a brand which mm. was beautiful that they were spending their money you know giving voice to and giving platform to that particular cause that particular thing but sometimes it was a little bit disjointed from what the brand stood for or you were a little curious why the brand was you know necessarily supporting that yeah. and so for me I was always looking for films where the storytelling was there it was about something that mattered but that the brand had a really either a natural role to play in the actual content or the cause that they were putting their dollars behind really made sense with, you know, the brand purpose and the brand action that we see outside of the film from that particular company. So that's what I was always looking for in, in submissions. That's great because it is such a spectrum. I mean, everything from, you know, there's the brand integration that's just the product is just visible, but does it have anything to do with like the core values, yeah, right? right. Um, so they're, are so many ways that a brand can be part of a film, but to your point and what you did with Main Street and Small Business Revolution, like it is very organic, like this just makes sense. And it never felt like out of place or heavy handed like in your show. So I think you bringing that, cause I've, I've seen it too, like, and we talk about this a lot on this show, like it has to be doing something mm -hmm. for the brand as well. And I think it's really important that all film, brand funded or not, has some sort of call to action like what you know it, we can't just create films that are just and we can just create films that stand for something but at the end of the day you, you're moving people's hearts and minds for some sort of action like you want people to do something as a result of now knowing this information and I think it's really interesting too to see some of the films that were submitted they're so beautiful but they're also like 
they kind of feel like film festival bait. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean, like, are they actually in the masses going to attract the audience? Like, yeah. are they bringing people in? Like, especially we saw a lot this year around climate change, which is a really important issue. And it's wonderful to see so many brands putting their dollars behind advocating for that. That can be a really heavy topic. Like on a Friday night, is that what someone, is that what the actual, like general consumer like wants to do after they put their kids to bed and they, the whole week is done? Do they think to themselves, mm -hmm. I'm going to watch a doc about climate change that will probably make me feel bad. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Or is there an opportunity to create something that is entertaining and brings you in and there's a Trojan horse message uh, around climate change? Like I always yeah. think that content that can do that, like it should stand for something that for me is a principle of anything I'll yes. work on. But I think where you see more success for the brands is when they are doing it in a way that, that brings people in. Absolutely. Um, you reminded me of a quote that like I feel the same way. Um, Cinema must do something about improving this one little globe that we have. This is the great purpose of films, to make life more decent, humankind more dignified, and the earth more beautiful. That's Ruben Mamoulian, like a filmmaker from the 1950s Hollywood, but that's always stuck with me, and it's like a through line in everything we do. And if, if you're going to make a piece of media, like, why not mm -hmm. make sure it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's improving our mm -hmm. life in some way? Yeah. Um, uh, what did you see, and you kind of spoke to this like as a common theme, but was there anything else you saw that you want to see more of from brands in 2023? Yeah, I think that series can be really powerful. Obviously, yeah. I, I have a, um, You've a, a, pre <laughs> yeah, a predisposition to, to, to that, but I think um, specifically for the filmmakers involved, for the brand, for the teams, like when you when you commit to a series, you're kind of committing to a longer run and, and a longer um just runway for that work and i think that that's really important because i don't think we can launch a film and even if we have incredible earned media around it and great amplification in the paid space if that's just kind of a one and done like it, it people just move on but the very nature of a series is that you are committing to a multi-year um it doesn't have to be six seasons like what we did but at least more than mm -hmm. one and i think yeah. back when i was first selling this concept in a deluxe I said right away, like, we can't just do this one year and then, like, you know, put our, you know, sense, did this work or not? It's going to be a multi-year slog in order to move brand awareness and, and raise brand awareness. Yeah. And so I think I want to see more of that because then you see that the brand is not just kind of testing it. They're committing to it. Yeah. And there were a couple examples, right? There was the Amazon, which was the climate pledge. But that was like, let's look at the solutions mm -hmm. of climate change to your previous point. So mm -hmm. that was great to see. Were there other series that you saw as part of that? Yeah, I mean, I really loved the Lesbian Bar Project by oh, yeah. Jägermeister. I thought that was really good. And it was um, certainly about a an issue that not many people know about, like that that we used to have hundreds and hundreds of lesbian bars, and now we're down to just a couple dozen. And right. um, I thought that was a really smart brand alignment, and I think they were giving voice to something that was interesting and unique and um, maybe on on known but then to have it in a more serial nature about multiple different bars and locations too i think really rounds out the storytelling too mm -hmm. so you're not looking at it in such a like a specific like just this one bar you're seeing kind of the the breadth of of why those gathering places matter to their communities and yep. and how it's different by market and anyway. yeah. so um so yeah i hope to see more and more of those series so because i think it just rounds up the storytelling nothing can be told through one 
yeah. story and one perspective. Well, and I'm, I'm biased too. Like, I mean, I love serial work. We do a lot of it, but I love the anthology series like the Lesbian Bar Project is too, because you can find a theme and then show how it's, it's not isolated. This is happening in yeah. a lot of different places. And that's like to your series too. Like it's actually a movement. It's not just a one-off thing. And the more people you can bring along, not only does that help further the story and the cause, but like also a lot of this is earned media. So like you can bring all of those people along, you know, your people that their stories are a part of this and they share it with their you community, which I bet you saw it in all those little towns mm -hmm. that you're helping, right? So you're reaching people you probably wouldn't either. Yeah, I think really beautiful film and storytelling has the ability to do that or story sharing. Sometimes I like to think of it as story yeah. sharing because yeah. um, uh, especially in our first season six, it was not our role to to be in a position to tell stories of the black community in Minneapolis and St. Paul. It was our opportunity to be honored to use our platform to share these incredible stories of businesses that were changing their community through their incredible entrepreneurship and, and involvement in the community. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I agree that I just, it, it feels like the more we can think about it as our responsibility as filmmakers to, yeah. to change people's, to open people's eyes through stories um yeah i think that's the power of film to your point too like yeah i feel like the, the best work is like when we as filmmakers or storytellers are like a vessel right uh -huh. and we're uh -huh. like presenting we get to know our subject build trust as humans first and then listen like what is the story and then how can we use our craft to convey that so that the format fits the uh -huh. subject in a way that like Brings their brings brings their ideas and their point of view to life. Yeah, and to find that common thread. Like I think that's one of the huge powers of human nature and human connection is affirmation and feeling like you're not alone in something or that um, something you might be struggling with or finding joy in is something that is a common trait in someone else. There's mm -hmm. nothing that builds a human connection faster than feeling like you can see yourself in someone else, see yourself in their story. And so I think as filmmakers, it's our responsibility to find that common thread, that common truth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how we're going to start to see, you know, some of these barriers and, and divisions in our country break down is when we stop and think about the ways we're similar more yes. often than continuing to highlight how we're different, which is kind of where we've focused our attention lately. Yeah. And I think the most powerful things, or at least when I felt like we've been most successful is like we are building empathy. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it's all about empathy. Like if we can help you walk in somebody else's shoes who maybe you didn't Maybe you didn't think you agreed with their point of view, but if, if we can help you like see things like, oh, they had this experience, they were hurt in this way, like I can identify with them in this way I didn't expect. Yes. Then that's when the conversation changes, not when you look at like, oh, you're different yeah. from me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah, I think the more you understand an individual's story and don't see them as a group or a community right. from afar, you yeah. know, like when we make the, that's where you see bias and where you see, um, uh, yeah, prejudice is, is when we think about kind of like a mass group mm -hmm. or anyone who doesn't agree with us, they, you know, and thinking about it like that. But when you like single out an individual story, it changes everything. Yeah. When you see them as a father, when you see them as yeah. someone who's trying to provide for their family, when you see them as a son and a, a boss or what, when you see them as a person, I think you see it differently than their opinions yes a whole person exactly well you alluded to this a little bit with like there's some things that felt like festival bait but was there anything else that you saw that you would like to see less of in 2022 like from these submissions yeah and I, I gotta walk that comment back i mean everything that was submitted was so beautiful i just think in the in the long game of 
more brands producing films, which is what we all want, I think in some cases we have to create something that is going to, that truly will move business. And I hated getting that question my entire career is like, well, how are you measuring this? And is it successful? And I, that's gross. We hate even talking about ROI anywhere near the art of our films. But in order to do more of it, we're going to have to do work that's really, really effective. So I just want to see work that, for me, whenever I think about the work that I do, I, I think of it as three, three you know, kind of concentric circles. Like it has to be good for business, first and foremost. It has to move business in some way. By the very nature of it, it, it is um, engaging audiences in creative and unique ways because of the format. Instead of creating the ad that interrupts the show you want to be watching, create the show that people want to be watching. And then the third overlapping circle that's most important to me is it has to stand for something or do some sort of good in the world. Yeah. And I think um, we're just seeing so much film that does those other two. It for sure is engaging people and it's really beautiful and interesting. And it, of course, is, is standing for something good. And so that's awesome. Where it's so great to see that it all has some sort of mission or cause behind it. Um, but it does have to it, it does have to impact business in order for us to be able to keep doing right. this, you know. And yeah. so I just want to see more of that where it's it's thinking through the hardworking nature of it too. Yeah. But that's our that's our trick to figure out, right? As 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 yeah. um people in this space. It's like how do we create something that does move business but is just still really beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's talk about those that you thought had all three. Like give me just like what are a few of the films that stood out that you would like to point people to go and to go and watch? Yeah, I thought I mean like, I, we talked a little bit about Lesbian Bar Project. I think um it, uh I really, really loved Morning Joy. Like it brought me so much joy, and it was really interesting to hear how, um, you know, the the filmmaker behind that like kind of had this incredible concept, and then went and found a brand that that it made sense. And I think so often it's interesting in our industry to see like when things are brand led, like a brand is asking we want to do film. That's great if they kind of already come to the table knowing that they want to do that, and then you come up with this concept. I think I'm seeing it, at least in the model that I that I have now at, at my company, we're having as much work where we've come up with these great shows and then we're going out and finding a brand that makes sense. It's a much harder sell because yeah. they maybe aren't already there or putting dollars aside. Um, but sometimes it, it's, it'll be interesting to see kind of which which way it starts to go. And mm -hmm. if, as more filmmakers realize brands want to support work like this, if you have a really great film and then you take it to a brand, there's kind of that opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I was very involved in um, uh, in Fair Play by PNG, um, which uh, just as a judge, we we then each did a, a separate panel with the filmmakers and and the and the brands, and so I had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with that team. And that screening will be tonight, which is fan. It's just it's a fantastic film, and it, it's something that really matters. And it's interesting to see, you know, PNG kind of taking their brand purpose a step further around you know the holistic home and. And really thinking about balance in in our lives and in our marriages and in our families, so it was really cool to kind of see them kind of take that alignment one step further. Um, I don't know; they were all great. they were all great though. I mean, it was so many of the films were just really um, very powerful. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I, we've you know been chatting here with a number of of the projects that are represented, and it is true that like there's the full spectrum of like you know the brand publishing team went out and looked for a specific story in this realm of, you know, a brand purpose guided search um, to, like, like you mentioned, um, a filmmaker that had a passion project was like, hang on, we can't quite finish this without some funding. There's a really easy way we could bring a brand to the picture. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I've, we, we, we sit on both sides of that. Like we're always like story mining for our own mm -hmm. projects, for our own films. And we've got like, you know, stacks. I mean, we just happen to love food and the outdoors. So that's where a lot of our stories are. Um, but we've had it both. We've had it where it's commissioned and we've also started projects. And then we're like looking for that, 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 that finishing funding and both can be extremely successful. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's interesting that still today, like it's such a varied spectrum on, on how that happens. Yeah. Well, and I think we're going to see more. I mean, it's it's really interesting. So, like, there's a woman who who works at the the lodge that I'm staying at, and so she is like not at all related to our industry at all, right? But she sees a lot of people come in for Sundance, and she sees a lot of people, um, obviously here for skiing and other things. But she was just kind of asking. She goes, "Well, what what is like the brand storytelling? Like, what does that mean?" And then I was talking about, how, "Well, these are just really really beautiful films uh, that that happen to be paid for by brands or, or supported by brands." And she's like, "Well, but aren't all films?" trying to find funding like it was really interesting yeah. to hear from kind of like an outsider's perspective like we are almost the ones that like make it like its own division like it's a qualifier yeah. like well yeah. like we're apologizing for it like well, yeah. it happens we paid for by brand. it's like no all filmmakers are trying to find funding you know yeah. even though they're maybe more in the private sector looking to studios for it yeah. it's kind of the same and if anything i think you can go faster with the brand supported because you're not adding all these layers mm -hmm. of creative cooks in your kitchen too as you sometimes have to in other traditional funding models so yeah so anyway yeah. i think it's a win-win absolutely and it's uh in, in particular when we were talking to stripe and who has stripe press which is like essentially an independent publishing entity that sits alongside the brand you know publishing books they had a feature, um, We Are As Gods, about Stuart Brand, uh, that's playing here and played, you know, South by Southwest Hot Docs and is having its life and is being distributed on iTunes and is bringing in revenue, mm -hmm. which is like, that's often, that's new, I feel like. That's not talked about. And like, to your point, yes, if the brand is directly involved, that's one thing, and often revenue is not expected. But in some of these cases, these films are earning a return on their investment, mm -hmm. which I don't know, like, that feels like, I don't know, is, are we going to go, do you think we're going to go more in that direction where it's like, we can fund feature length films and shows because not only are they going to transmit our brand message or raise awareness because it's presented by, but it could also pay for itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting model. And, um, you know, some films are sometimes distributed on prime. Our show was on prime for, for a few years and you do have an opportunity to monetize that. Like there are platforms that are more, um, uh, and iTunes is a great example too, where the, it's a little bit more obvious what that path to transaction is. But yeah, maybe we will see more of that, and then and then we will be done having to talk about ROI. <laughs> you will be able to like literally prove it. That would be fantastic. Yep, and it'll all be one big festival. Yeah, uh, together. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. And in, in talking to um, Brian Newman, who this is like his like distribution is like his thing, and, and Marcus Peterzel, and I think like. REI was one of the, the first, um, oh man, I think it's called Great Divide, David Cross. Like they, they got yeah. into narrative filmmaking too. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one case study, one of the first case studies I can see like, wow, this film is of complete return. And they are, now they are behind mm -hmm. the studio system that are funding these films and are expecting like, okay, this is gonna, it's self-sustainable uh, yeah. in that way, yeah. which is really, really wild. Yeah. But, I guess. Well, and we need to talk about Friends of the Boundary Waters. I mean, that was also very beautiful. So congratulations oh, on thank you. being screened. Yeah. Awesome. We yeah. They, uh, and that was that was a case, too, where it's like we had a project with Emily Ford, who is our 
central protagonist in a film we made called Breaking Trail. That did well on the festival circuit. And then Emily was like, I want to do this next hike. And Friends of the Boundary Waters had seen Breaking Trail. And they're like, oh, you, you could help us raise awareness for mm-hmm. a cause that mm-hmm. Emily's passionate mm-hmm. about. And so that came together that way. So mm-hmm. it comes together in a, mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. Yeah, Scott, I think I, your, that film was a really great example of what we were talking about, about the need for some sort of call to action to bring yeah. people like both awareness but be entertaining and something that you want to watch. And you always want to watch a person's story. It's yeah. the basis of everything we're talking about. And so anyway, you did a very beautiful job with that. Oh, so thank you very much. Um, what else is uh, inspiring you these days? Maybe like brand storytelling aside, like just as a storyteller in your in your craft, like what have you seen lately? That's you're like, oh, I love this. Yeah. Um, well, I'm doing a lot. Of, um, having le- left corporate America about a year ago now, yeah. it's been a really interesting year of transition and kind of readjusting to owning your own time and getting to decide what you spend yes. time on. And, so and it's launching been... your own company, right? Sunshine Studios. Yes. Like, like, yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's um, trying to help other brands do what the Small Business Revolution did, much like many of the production companies here. But I think I bring a unique perspective having come from the brand side so I really yeah. understand how to navigate corporate culture and how to make the case and and what kind of things brands need from this kind of work because I've just that's been the basis of my career mm-hmm. but yet I um, have this creativity and ability to make really beautiful films so I'm I kind of partner with different production companies to help bring that to life so I've got this incredible network of brand connections from my yeah. past CMO days my peer set um, and then I have been exposed to incredible production companies yeah. um, like yours yeah, uh, you. over the years and so it's it's kind of fun to play that matchmaking yeah. role so that's kind of what Sunshine Studios does it's where we're kind of a consultancy between that and it's been really interesting I thought the model for sure would be that that brands would say, I want to do something like that. And then I'd go help them find the right idea and production company. Um, But as we were talking about earlier, a lot of it is in these relationships with the production companies, we have really great ideas and then I'm taking them to brands, but it's working both directions right now. So we'll see. It's really exciting. And then part of why I left was to also be able to focus more on my speaking. Um, I love evangelizing for this concept that companies can do well by doing good. Uh, and I know you and I share that oh, opinion yeah. Yeah. Um, very much, and you've done work in that space. And so it's been really fun to be able to go to more companies and share that message and um, share case studies of how and examples of how companies can turn their brand purpose into actual brand action. And so I've been enjoying being able to get out and do more speaking, too, which was something that was harder to do when we were filming. All the right. Time. Yeah, of course. So. Um, awesome. Well, as you look uh, to 2023 and, and brands that maybe would love to be part of this community, this showcase next year, like any parting advice for maybe people who are on the brand side that are looking to do more of this? Yeah, it is worth making the case for and fighting for. And some of the metrics that that I always used when I was trying to make the case, that's the number one question I always get from brands. It's like, well, how, well we yeah. want to do this. We, we, we're convinced that we want to do it, but how are you selling this and how do I sell it? And I will say, everybody who's listening, go back and listen to the first episode with Amanda for more on that because we really got into it in a yeah. great way. But yeah. continue. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I appreciate that. Um, but it's, it's about kind of making it about reach. And instead of making it about like the direct measurement of how many more widgets it's sold, that's a really long uh, and complicated data set to connect all the way from a really beautiful film that might be on one platform all the way through to maybe a transaction in a cart online. Not all of those systems speak to each other. So making it more about, you know, we know we can reach this many people with paid media, but if we redirect that, how many more could we, making it kind of more about reach. But anyway, my advice would be just, it is worth 
fighting for because you don't want to spend your whole career just protecting your job. You want to be able to, at the end of your career, look at your body of work and feel really proud of it. And I think um, as as brand workers, you have the opportunity to do that, to help your company stand for something and do something really beautiful. So it was worth fighting for. That's awesome. If there was one thing that you would point to, like we were just talking to, um, so I don't know if you saw Fire Inside. Mm-hmm, that one? Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. So we're talking to Ray from IAG and she was like, the thing that really helped me sell through, because that was the first feature that they had made as a brand. She's mm-hmm. like, when I said, like, think about what it's going to do for our internal culture mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Like, not only will this, you know, do amazing things in the world, be externally facing, but for our employees to like really feel our purpose in action, like, are there any other, like, little things that you would point to to say, like, okay, maybe you consider this, also consider yeah. this benefit that maybe you didn't think of? Absolutely. So halfway through my role at Deluxe, we had a CEO change. And he says that one of the reasons that he was even interested in Deluxe was because he did his research and found Small Business Revolution. Like, and in multiple, like, key executives at the company and every everywhere within the organization would credit that as to why they took it serious when they got a call about coming to work at Deluxe. And so it can work from a recruitment perspective because people see that as the outside and they say, I want to work that does that kind of work. But it certainly really resonates with your employee base, too. I would have I would have people stop me in the parking lot with kind of tears in their eyes saying, I'm so proud we're doing this work. And they'd worked at Deluxe for like 20 years and and this is new fresh work and that's what was making them proud to work I mean it was really so yeah that's that's kind of an, an ancillary benefit of this work that we shouldn't call ancillary that really matters recruitment and retainment is a big issue for employers now and this can be a tool and a vehicle for both of those and film just hits different mm-hmm. like and it reminds me of my Angelou I think it was uh People will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. That's what this stuff can do. It's oh, like man. you feel something in a way you mm-hmm. haven't before. So I'm sure that's what the, C- the new CEO saw when he was referencing that. So yeah. that's the power of this work. It is. And aren't we like so lucky? Oh my God, we we're so lucky. It. We're so lucky. It's true. Yeah. Like, and we get, to, we get to work with amazing crews and amazing teams on things that really matter. I think a lot of people kind of go through their jobs or their lives maybe not being able to work on meaningful things. And I th- just think it's such a blessing that we get to do this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we work hard. And you know, as a road warrior, being out there with Small Business Revolution, like we put in the work, but the people that we're meeting when we're out there telling yeah. these stories and the places that you go that you would never go, like would you have gone to all those small towns? Mm-mm. Like no. <laughs> in Small no. Town Revolution and like the same thing. We're like, where are we and like who are you and i never would have met you or had this experience and like it's so enriching at the same time it's grueling it's just so enriching yeah yeah um, yeah yeah we are we are lucky well thank you so much for coming back and being our first returning guest yes thank you for having me back it's quite an accolade to be the first returning guest absolutely tell everyone i'm I'm so happy it's you (laughs) i'm happy thank you and i wouldn't know about this group if it wasn't for you you were the one who exposed me to brand storytelling and I'm so grateful. It's been an incredible community of people and um, it was very kind of you to to think, to introduce me to this group of people. Well, Thank you. I, I Like I said, when I, I knew your work and I found out this, I'm like, I mean, you were doing this before this was a thing. So it's like, of course you need to be here and, and meet these people. So it's awesome that you, you did and um, you're like a cornerstone of the community already. So. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. To learn more about Amanda, visit amandakbrinkman.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-K-B-R-I-N-K-M-A-N dot com. 
And to learn more about the films that played at the Brand Storytelling Theater at Sundance, including panel discussions with the makers, visit brandstorytelling.tv. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast, and I'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas for guests or topics for future episodes, drop me a note at jesse at credononfiction.com.